You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, welcome back to Walk It Out. And we're going to be talking about a, a, a topic that's very important to me. We're going to be talking about girls, teens, and how to love them well. Because right now, I have a lot of girls in my home. Currently, I have a 10-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 15-year-old, and 17-year-old twins. I could use all the advice I can get on how to love them well. So let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Carrie Kampakis is an author, speaker, blogger, and newspaper columnist from Birmingham, Alabama. She has two books for teen girls, which I love them both, 10 Ultimate Truths Girls Should Know and Liked, Whose Approval Are You Living For? Um, and she has been featured in the Huntington, Huffington Post, the Today Show, EWTN, lots of amazing things. And she and her husband, Harry, have four da- daughters, not four dogs, four daughters and a dog named Lola. So welcome, Carrie. Thanks for having me, Trisha. It's so great that you're here, and I love that you are just so inspirational when it comes to young women and the truths that they need to hear and the truths that we as parents need to hear. So just tell us, why did you want to write this book about loving her well? Well, as you mentioned, I have two books for teen girls, and those were my first books that I ever wrote. So before I wrote those books, I was writing for moms, and then the opportunity came about to write those books for teen girls. And I don't want to say my heart shifted, but my focus definitely shifted Mm -hmm. to really pouring into that next generation. And what happened was, as I was out talking about those books, of course, it was their moms who were buying the books for them. And they would ask me, you know, when are you going to write a book for us? And, you know, being from the South, you just kind of learn to smile politely. But in my head, I'm thinking never, you know, moms are too intimidating to write for. And, um, you know, I would just kind of shrug and say, I don't know, you know, maybe one day. And I never really intended to write for mothers. But what happened was as my daughters grew up, they were in the middle school age when I started writing those books. But as they entered the teenage years, I started struggling myself. I started feeling like a failure in a lot of ways because I was trying to parent them the way that I had when they were younger and it just wasn't working. So that kind of sent me on my own search of how to love a teenage daughter and not buy into that stereotype that it's just about survival in those last years at home. So that happened. And then I think God just started softening my heart toward mothers. And at the same time, I was meeting all these incredible mothers from around the country. And I was getting so much wisdom and insight from them. And so I came to see myself, you know, not as an expert, but somebody who's in the trenches with moms today. I understand what the struggles and the pains are like. But I do have a lot of um, resources just because of the people I've met and the, the things that I've learned doing the work that I've done with teenage girls. Also, what I've learned in, you know, writing for teenage girls as far as how to try to speak to their heart and connect with their heart. So that's really what opened the door to write this book um, for mothers was just to have a resource to offer them as well as something to offer their daughters with the previous books I wrote. 
Yeah, I love that. And we need so many resources because everything changes so quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. My oldest daughter's 28 and she's actually here. She's a missionary in the Czech Republic, but she's visiting with her baby. And as her and I have these conversations about her sisters, teen sisters, it's like, mom, she's like, mom, I didn't even think about or face some of the things that they're facing today. And I think, you know, so many for so many generations, you know, parents thought about, well, when I was a teenager, I did this and this is how my mom handled it. But I think every day we're trying to figure out how to handle things, how to connect with them, how to help them discover their identity in new ways that generations before us had never had to think about. Um, And it's just like this whole new world that we have. Yes. And I I do. And I think there's so much power in sharing our stories. And, you know, with parenting books, I think there is kind of a trend away from not exactly telling parents what to do, but saying, hey, this is my experience. This is what I'm learning on my journey. And just knowing that, you know, even if moms don't, you know, agree with 100% what's in there, you can pull away some things like, oh, that's actually a good strategy to try in my home, or I don't feel so alone in going through this. And, And I do think you raised a great point in that, My mom said that once that she said, you know, I never read a parenting book when y'all were growing up. And I told her, you know, mom, I don't think you really had to. Like, I just think (laughs) this generation, we need it more. We need that advice because we're in so many unprecedented things that we're doing, whether it's technology and social media and now parenting in a pandemic and this whole hybrid learning system that we need that community and that support from other mothers. So um, that is that's one of my goals with anything I write is to start conversations like I just want to start a good conversation between you and your friends, you know, just maybe here's something to think about. Here's something that's worked for other moms that might work in your home as well. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned the pandemic, which is like, another emotional level. I mean, it's hard mm-hmm. enough dealing with school <laughs> and boys and now they can't go see their friends and, uh, you know, they're doing virtual school and or trying homeschool. All these different things are so completely different. So the first thing I definitely want to talk about is just being the emotional coach. And the one thing just made me laugh out loud um, that you wrote that you said, there's no guarantee that a teenager thriving at 8 a.m. will be thriving at 8 p.m. that night. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like there is no truer statement. I'll oh be like going like 10 a.m. I'm like, hey, it's a good day. We're going good. Everyone's emotionally stable. And by the end of the day, I'm like, what fell apart during the day? I know, especially when you have as many children as you have or I have, like there's always something going on. You know, if you get through a day without anything, then you're just very lucky. Yeah. So let's talk about being that emotional coach, because I think I know it just like we've multiple people for one, multiple girls, it's the ups and the downs. How can we be there? Um, let them know where they're emotionally to support them, but also not like get caught up in the drama, um, but, you know, really help them discover how to, to find that center in themselves. Yes. And, and I actually did an interview on that the other day on being their emotional coach. And if you know me, you know that this, that does not come easily to me to just naturally be calm. My husband is the Mm. naturally calm one, but you know, I guess a lot of what I've learned about trying to be the emotional coach is through trial and error and failing in a lot of ways and thinking that does not work. But the mistake that I made early on, and I still do sometimes that I think a lot of moms make is that we mirror their reactions. Mm -hmm. So if they're angry, we get angry. If they snap at us, we snap back, you know, it's mirroring that reaction. And as you know, all that does is amplify the drama or amplify the issue or make them shut down. And it really just cuts off communication. So, you know, one thing that I'm I'm learning is that if I can be calm and kind of just 
you know, try to first listen and empathize. And I think that's mm-hmm. key. really just trying to have empathy for what they're going through, try to put ourselves in their shoes and just listen and almost really just develop a healthy curiosity about their life. Like, let me imagine what it is like to be them. And I think as we do that, you know, that's when guards come down, that kind of helps diffuse whatever emotions they're feeling. And sometimes, you know, it's like us with our spouses or our friends. Sometimes you just need to vent to somebody, you know, sometimes you just need a safe place to vent. I'm not going to go put this on social media. I wouldn't say this to everybody, but I just need to be raw and honest and get these feelings and thoughts out. And once you do, you can process them and move forward, but you need that safe place to do it. Um, and so for moms, and it's, it's tricky because I always tell mine, you know, I don't want to be your, I'm not your punching bag. So, you know, how do we let them unload their emotions and share what they're going through, but also, you know, meet them in that place where they are, but not leave them there, you know, try to get them to a better place and teach them also to do it respectfully so that we're not feeling like they're punching bag when they're sharing the emotions. But I do think in, you know, this year, years like this, that it's so important to let them be honest and share the things that they're struggling with because they are juggling so much and there's so much instability in their life. And it's a real opportunity for us to reconnect with them if we can be their emotional coach. Yeah, I remember talking to a therapist once about my daughter and she does all this drama and try to pull me into it. And the therapist says, well, the fact that she's coming to you as an adopted mm. child, it's actually a good thing. I'm like, it doesn't feel like a good thing in the moment. <laughs> um, so she goes, great. she sees she has a safe place that knows that you're going to love her, even if she's, you know, <laughs> frustrated at something else and pouring it out on you. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I become the target, even though that's not what she intended, but just because the, the emotional drama of it. But I think, you know, so so many times, um, I think if we say just calm down or it's not that big of a deal, well, what are they mm. going to do? They're going right. to like, oh yes, it is. <laughs> it'll, right. it'll escalate right. even more. And so I found even when I see, uh, and I don't always see this. It's a good reminder for me to do this more when I see them maybe picking a fight or upset about something, saying you seem upset. What's going on? Or mm-hmm. you seem angry. I, I could tell yeah. you're angry. What's happening. And, um, just realizing that it's probably not the thing that they're picking on, <laughs> you know, their, mm-hmm. their brother tapping on the table or whatever it may be. There's right. usually something deeper and that gives them an opportunity just instead of saying, calm down or stop doing that or whatever, saying what's going on, you know, you, you seem sad or angry or anxious. And right. I found like 99% of the time, they will tell you what's really going on. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and you raised a great point too. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm just so eager to rush them through those mm-hmm. unpleasant emotions. Like it's hard for me to handle either seeing them upset or unhappy. And so my problem is sometimes I rush too quickly into the pep talk or the encouragement or, you know, it's okay. And, and one time my daughter told me, you know, I'm allowed to be upset over dumb things for five minutes. And it just struck me. I was like, you're right. You know, and I'm not giving you that space. Just I get upset over dumb things for five or 10 minutes too. And I need to just be okay with that, even though it makes me uncomfortable to be okay with that and not rush into trying to make you feel better or give the pep talk or the life lesson, because sometimes that's not what they need. Yeah. In the, in one of the chapters, I think it's chapter seven, you talk about let her have feelings. And mm-hmm. we, we say, I could see you're all up in your feels right now. <laughs> That's just the That's way we good. do I can see you're all up in your feels right now. Um, you know, and sometimes we'll say, do you need to talk or why don't you go process that? And they let them know, like we could tell they're up in their feels, but mm-hmm. also we're not just going to let you like lash out at people or, you know, keep right. going on. And so I love the list that you have about Listen empathetically, let them talk freely, stay calm, and remain a voice of reason. Um, give words to her thoughts and emotions. 
avoid mirroring the reactions. I mean, there's so many good things for here. This whole little list we could do, we could do another hour long podcast on. But um, again, we are helping them. We are guiding them. We're helping them to learn how to process these things. And I you know, always tell my girls, I know that this may be something you're dealing with now, but you're going to have to learn how to process your emotions later when a boss upsets you, you know, when, when yes. something else is going. So we got to work on this now because you're going to be having to deal with these emotions for the rest of your life. Yes. And I was going to say the same thing that I think as moms, if we can look at this from a bigger picture, that it's not just about what's going on in our homes, but you know, we all know that bull in a China shop, somebody that Mm -hmm. can't control their emotions. And we've all probably have had those moments where we were the bull in the China shop and we're just snapping at somebody out of anger and can't control our emotions. And so it is really important to teach them that emotional intelligence and that emotional regulation and, you know, helping our children understand themselves. Like you got to know your triggers. Like I have to know my triggers and I have to know if I'm getting really angry and I'm really tempted to, you know, lash back at somebody on social media that I need to just get away. Like that's, that's my trigger. I don't need to be writing when I'm angry. And, um, and it is really teaching them, you know, how can you be honest about your emotions, but also be, be wise with them too, because, you know, I can say this writing for teen girls, probably nine out of 10 emails that I've ever gotten from girls and their mothers. It's all about relationship heartache. I mean, there's so much heartache in friendships, mm-hmm. especially. And if I had to boil it down to one thing, that's their problem. It's probably the emotional, they can't handle their emotions or they get upset with a friend and they don't know how to work it out. So they just drop a friend and move on to other friends or they're insecure and they do things out of insecurity. And so I really think if we can, as moms, help them be smart with their emotions and help them develop that emotional intelligence, they're going to benefit in their marriage, in their jobs, in their other relationships beyond the home. Yeah, that is so good. And as they're dealing with relationships and, you know, teaching their safe people and unsafe people. And, you know, we have one neighborhood girl that there's so much conflict all the time. We're like, you know what? We're just seeing a trend that she's not a safe person. Like, you right, know, just, right. just emotionally, you have, she's kind to you. The next day she's mean to you. And, and just, you're going to have people like that in your whole life. And you don't have mm-hmm. to be best friends with everybody. Like you, you can pick right. and choose those types of things. And I think this is a time where we are here to help them and guide them and help them learn these things before they're out in the world where they're going to have to face them on their mm-hmm. own. Yes. And I keep thinking about this, this small group I did one time with a group of fifth grade moms. And, and I was telling them about, you know, this gymnastics meet I'd just gone to where these girls were cheering for their teammates on the sidelines. I mean, jumping up in town every time their teammate hit this tumbling pass. And I just sat there and thought, wow, you know, if girls could always cheer for each other like this Mm -hmm. and encourage each other like this, like they truly saw each other as part of the same team. And they were as excited for their teammate as they would be if they had just done that tumbling pass themselves. And I was like, can we just, we could just transfer this to real life. And one of the moms in our group, who's a very successful entrepreneur in our community, she raised her hand and, and she was like, ladies, we've got to teach our daughters this now in fifth grade because I have 50 female employees and we just had to have a big powwow over this very thing recently because these are grown women who can't get along. Mm. And that always stuck with me. Like, God, you know, we have such a window of opportunity here while they're young and they're moldable and they're still learning and they're not so set in their ways to really teach them these healthy ways to acknowledge their emotions, but also work through them so that they can be pleasant to work with and live with and be that healthy adult that we hope they'll be. Oh, that is so good. And 
the more you know I got into your book, it just made me realize like there's so many things that we need to pray about, and you have a whole chapter that talks about that, about yeah. really, um, and I think so many times we get so stressed about oh I gotta do this or I gotta do that, and I love your reminder that God is pursuing our children, like He wants right. them to be successful you know, just as much as we do, even more than we do. Um, and so it really does give us the opportunity to be prayer warriors for our kids. And I love, um, you have a list of 50 prayers for your teenage daughter that I'm like, Oh my goodness, I need to print out of this. <laughs> I need to put that like right in my Bible. Cause you know, five, five down, I'm like, okay, I could pray on these five things for like three weeks and then go on to the next one. So talk about just the importance of, being a prayer warrior for our daughters. Yes. And and I think, um, you know, I think as if you get into parenting, you come to a point, I think most of us feel like we're so in control at the beginning and then something happens and you just feel pretty helpless and you realize I am not in control, you know, and with me, I opened that chapter with a, a story of my daughter who was two years old at the time and she, we knew she had allergies. She'd been tested. We were on top of it but we gave her a food to eat that she had not been tested for. And she broke out in hives and basically started having an anaphylactic reaction. And, you know, thank God the EpiPen worked that night. We called 911. Mm. We found out she had an allergy to sesame that we just never knew about. And it was such a reminder to me. I mean, it just brought me to my knees. I'm like, I'm not in control and I need help. You know, even when I don't think I do, I need help. And I think what's so important for moms to remember is that you don't have to be some professional prayer to be a prayer warrior for your child. And that, you know, it's not really the the wording in our prayers or the eloquence of our prayers. You go, God knows our heart. He knows our desires. And, you know, it's really, we're just praying for his power to be working in our life. And even if we're only one step ahead of our children in our prayer life or our spiritual life, that's okay. We can still be a prayer warrior for them. But, um, but I've learned that, you know, just especially as they get older and they're in you know, they're driving and they're going to college and they're working out in the real world like your daughter, you know, there's so many things we can't influence, but we can mm-hmm. pray for things. So, you know, I think prayer can be, you know, have a lot of different forms. Um, so say your child comes home, say, like you said, they're, they're upset because the child down the street, somebody hurt their feelings, something's going on. You know, before we act or have the conversation, we can pray for wisdom from God. You know, God, give me the words, give me the wisdom, you know, help me guide her well in this situation. So I do that all the time, especially if there's an issue or, you know, we're going to the doctor to get something checked out. I'm praying for that doctor. I'm like, God, when we see him tomorrow, just make sure that he doesn't miss anything that, you know, if there's something I need to know that we need to be on top of, you know, help them find that so we can be aware. Um, But then also just praying for their safety you know, I pray obviously for their physical protection, but I pray every day for their emotional, spiritual and mental protection too. you know, especially because I think the enemy can be so clever and crafty and just coming in and whether it's, you know, twisting their thoughts around or, you know, their spiritual life, just attacking them in different ways, just asking for protection. You know, as we drive to school, I still drive my youngest one to school and I pray for you know her classmates and the teachers and for protection, for a hedge of protection around the schools. I think that's always a good prayer. Um, Another one as they get older is praying for light to find light. You know, we pray for our children to be leaders and to be a light, but also for light to come into their lives, especially as friends groups are changing and shifting and, and things are going on and everything's that was together is undone. And so new friendships are being formed, pray for light to, to find light. 
um, you know, I pray for their future spouse. And I say, if marriage is in your will, but I pray for protection over, you know, their future husbands, if that's in God's will and, you know, that he's with them and that, that God pick him out. You know, I don't even want my girls to pick him out. I've gotten to the point now I'm like, I want God to pick him out and bring them together at the right time. Uh, I pray for, you know, just their, their future calling, you know, just their, um, you know, for their, their help. God wants them to use their gifts. And, you know, for those moments also when they have a crisis of faith and when they, they doubt, which all of them may fall into those seasons, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. for God to be there and for God to bring the right people into their lives in those moments to answer those questions as they're wrestling. Um, and maybe, you know, and I even have a friend that her daughter was going to college, which I think that's, that's a big fear in a lot of parents' hearts is what's going to happen then. And, um, you know, she was praying for all the things, teaching her daughter all the things. And then she was like, for me to even let her go, I basically had to say, you know, God, if if she has to make certain mistakes for it to lead to her salvation, then I trust you with her. And I thought that was a pretty powerful prayer, you know, that, you know, just trusting him no matter what happens in their lives, that just ask him, God, to help them land on their feet for everything to be used for their good and for their salvation. And just really looking at that long-term picture. Yeah. I know that God is there and will be there. You know, when our daughter went as a missionary to Europe, I mean, she's halfway around the world and she's, oh, you know, gosh. living with the, with, um, you know, church members. And, and there, I know there's people there caring for her, but it's like, what if something happens? And within probably three weeks, she got stung by a bee, had a horrible reaction, ended up in the emergency room oh, and oh. God's like, see, and I was there. I'm like, okay, right. because they yeah. are, they're, you know, completely out of your control. Um, mm-hmm. And there's those cases, but there's also, you know, our daughter, Christian college um, ended up getting pregnant and hiding her pregnancy. And mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden we have a baby now. We have a grandbaby. And she's not, again, making good choices. But I'm like praying for her constantly. And God's reminded me answered prayer doesn't mean quick fixes. Like continue oh, to pray, good. continue yes. to pray for her. You, you know, and I'm like, I want her to like all of a sudden you know, realize like this is not the path God has for me and make a complete turnaround. And it's baby steps. And God, just every time I pray and just pouring out my heart, he reminds me it's not always quick fixes because they will make mistakes, whether they're big mistakes or small mistakes or they're, you know, they will make mistakes, but just keep turning to God and he will be there. He will. And he can use all of it. That is what, I guess it's my writer brain. That's what I just think is so fascinating is like, you know, when I used to study fiction and they talk about all the seeds you're planting at the beginning mm-hmm, of the story mm-hmm. and they call it plant and pay off. And you, and like, I can't even watch a movie with my kids. They're like, we know, we know, mom, that's a seed. (laughs) (laughs) But you know it too, as a writer. I mean, it's, it's fun. And I'm like, life is so like that, that sometimes things are happening. It looks like the worst thing that could possibly happen at the time, but you're like, it's going to be used. If you're following God's will and you're faithful and trusting him, then he can use it for good. Like there's, it's not the end of the story. There's going to be something happening in the future. And it is kind of fun to think that we have no idea what that's going to be, but he is working in that situation. Yeah, and and, and even like your daughter, like, I think that's such a brave decision and it's mm-hmm. not, they're not given credit enough for that being such a brave and courageous decision. But, yeah. um, you know, just being faithful like that because she could have easily swept it under the rug and nobody exactly. would have ever known. Exactly. You know? And I just think yeah. that takes a lot of courage. Yes. And we have this beautiful, beautiful little grandbaby now. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. God, I mean, and God, who knows how God will use him, you know, exactly. and we would love to write a different story, but I'm looking back at my story and all the ways I messed up and how, you know, my story is able to impact other people today. Um, mm-hmm. you, you can't say like, okay, it's over, done. <laughs> God's like, wait, we're just getting started. The seeds right. are just getting planted. Yeah. 
And it's probably neat at the time you have helped so many people. And at the time you probably had no idea that you would even share that story publicly. And now you're like, look at what God did in my life that. Yes. It's just, oh, absolutely. It's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, God's so good. Okay. One other thing I want to talk about, cause I think this is such a hard thing right now um, with our daughters figuring out who they are, <laughs> their mm. identities. Yes. And I think so many, like, so many times one day they're this and one day they're that one day they like this and one time day they like this other thing and how to keep connecting with them, but also allowing them to figure out the things they love and the things that God has planned for them and figure out their identities. Um, even though we're like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Trying on different hats. Trying on different hats. Yes. And it is so hard because I do think with this generation, they have social media and, Mm -hmm. you know, people, when I wrote the book light, you know, about whose approval you're living for. And people would ask me like, why do girls care so much about likes? And, and I always wanted to be like, you know, go look at Instagram and see what gets applauded, see what gets a lot of likes. And it's usually looking really pretty or all dressed up. And so girls, we naturally tend to want to please. And so a lot of times we, we go into that identity that gets us the most attention or that thing that we're known for becomes something we can easily make an idol in our life. And I had to really look at that myself when I was writing light, because I'm like, whose approval am I living for? God's Mm -hmm. approval or people approval. And I was living for more people approval than I even realized. Um, But it is hard. And I think, yes, just to keep having those conversations about identity and to know that I've learned this as a mom that, you know, sometimes we all make false idols of sometimes it's a good thing. Like it might be whether it's a talent we have or our friendships, you know, our marriage or boy, something we're putting on a pedestal. And sometimes it takes our girls losing that for them to realize, you know, that their faith has to be the center of their life, that they might have to lose their status as a straight A student or their place on a team or lose their boyfriend or their friend group to realize how unstable those earthly trappings can be that we tend to put our faith in and to realize, oh, you know, this is why God wants to be number one in our life and have us base our identity on Christ, because no matter how our circumstances change, that identity is going to stay the same. And, and for moms, I think we can easily find our identity in our children and what the choices they're making or what they're doing. And I've had to catch myself with that, that, you know, her, this is not about me. You know, if I'm upset here, is this really about, you know, her or really about me? And so I've had to kind of detach myself and keep my identity in Christ too. But I do, I think it's a daily struggle, especially yeah. in a world like this, where we have social media and we can kind of gauge how we're doing in the public arena. Yeah. And I think one thing, because kids will be interested in all different things. One of our daughters um, started getting into K-pop, which is Korean pop music. And I'm like, <laughs> what, what is this? I don't even understand. And I was actually doing a book signing with another Christian friend who's like, she's like, oh my goodness, I love K-pop. This is when her, <laughs> my daughter was just starting to get into it. I'm like, what is it? She goes, it's Korean pop music, but they don't curse. It's just like upbeat music. I'm like, okay, it's my Christian friend <laughs> listening right. to K-pop. I think it's okay. But as my daughter started getting into it more she started teaching herself Korean and then Japanese and she's so interested in the culture and I realized like okay God has put this in her for a reason like she's so like a 15 year old which I think she was 14 when she started doesn't naturally teach herself Korean and so now seeing that seeing this interest seeing her love for Asian uh, music and dramas and teaching herself the language I tell you know tell her like God has a purpose, maybe you're supposed to be in Korea. Maybe you're supposed to be reaching Koreans in the community that need to know about Christ and just encouraging her. And we actually went out to a Korean restaurant. And so I'm like telling the waiter, like, oh, like I've told Florentina, like, say something to him. And so it's, you know, very minor 
hello, how are you <laughs> kind of conversation. But he's like, if you're interested, my church teaches Korean class. And so Aww. now she's going to go to this church. It's a pastor who teaches Korean. And I'm like, see, God has this plan. And at the beginning, I'm like, what is this music and what's going on? And, you know, this isn't Christian right. music and yeah, all the things. Um, that's but so it, good. And yeah. I think you're, that's such a great example of seeing like the individual traits of each child because it's going to be different mm-hmm. for each one and just knowing it's part of their story. Oh, that yeah. is awesome. I yeah. love it, that. It helps now having adult kids and seeing like, okay, yeah. God does use these things for a purpose. It's not just random stuff. Um, but mm-hmm. that is help trying to figure out who their identities are, their interests, and just saying, wow, I can see your interests. I know God has a purpose for that. He put that in you for a reason. And just encouraging them to look at those things in light of God, in the light of the gospel, and how he can use those. I mean, Again, I have one daughter who's already overseas full time. She's been there seven years as a missionary. And as hard as that is, I could totally see the seeds that God planted. We had a, we had an exchange unit from the Czech Republic when she was in high school. And I could just see that God was just planting those seeds for the future ministry. But we have to also wow. encourage them and point those things out to our kids. Yes, that's a great point. Now, did you see it at the time or can you see it more looking back, those seeds um, being planted? Yeah, well, at first, the very first thing, because we homeschooled, and so we read a lot of missionary stories. And I remember after reading, like, Gladys Albert, she's like, I'm going to be a missionary someday, which is adorable when they're eight, right. <laughs> which is really scary <laughs> yes. when they're 20 and moving overseas. But then, right. um, you know, I I was actually researching for a novel in the Czech Republic and just fell in love with the country. And we had a Czech woman from our church that was um from there and I talked to her about doing a mission trip so we ended up going on a mission trip three years in a row and then we had an exchange student from the Czech Republic so I could see even the seeds that God planted in my heart ended up impacting my daughter and she was the one that Mm. ended up moving there full-time but when we the time we got the exchange student literally we had someone call us out of the blue that knew we were going on a mission trip and she's like actually I'm looking for exchange families I know you're going on this mission trip would you like to host someone and we're like okay, so we're paying all this money to go across the world and God wants to send us someone to our house. I think that might be a yes. yes. <laughs> so, and the the root of that is this daughter, this um, exchange daughter was the same age as our daughter and they would stay up all, all through the night. The Czech girl would be teaching our daughter Czech, how to speak Czech. Our daughter would be answering all her questions about God, which is wow. like a perfect training for her role as a missionary years yeah. later that we just thought okay girls go to sleep now <laughs> stop talking all night and right. so actually by the time she went over there she had a basic she could read she had a basic knowledge of Czech just because we had an exchange daughter living with us for a year that had taught her and she knew what kind of questions people from the Czech Republic asked being former communists because again we had a Czech daughter that was living with us so looking back I could see like God <laughs> totally laid this totally. out at the time we're just like okay yeah sure we'll have someone in our house um And don't you love it? Like when God blesses your children or he like opens a door for them through your work. Like sometimes, because sometimes when I'm thinking, okay, all those times when I've felt guilty or I should be doing this, but I feel like God's calling me to do this work. And then you see some kind of fruit show up in your child's life that would not have happened had you not listened to God's call in your life. And that's so rewarding to me too, to be like, okay, there is a much bigger plan that we can't even fathom you know we see this this little small piece of the puzzle but that's so cool that you were just doing what he was calling you to do and in the process he was working in your children's lives too 
Absolutely. And I tell moms that all the time because that guilt factor, it's very real. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, writing books or doing these things, we're taking time away from our family, which the right. world says, you know, we just need to be devoted full of our time to our kids and not be pursuing these things. But I have seen over and over again how God has used them to introduce them to people or, mm-hmm. again, situations or experiences that they never would have had if this wasn't my work. And so I, I remember praying about this one day and God says, what I'm doing for you is just the seeds of what I'm going to do with your kids. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, this is just the foundation. My wine work you know, might be seem popular or whatever because I'm writing books, but really it's just a, a platform for God to take my kids and do something different or new or Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his plan for them. That's yes. And that's one of my prayers too, that whatever I'm doing, it has fruit in their life too. And I love that. I think that's such an important message for you to share with moms too, especially having an older daughter that, you know, when they feel God calling them to do something and they've never really stepped outside the home and, you know, and, and not everybody has a time or the desire to do that. But when you do feel that call, but they're feeling that pressure being pulled both ways. I think it's so important for women to know that, it'll still benefit your children, you know, in ways that you can't even imagine yet. Yeah. And yeah, I love how God works that. It's all for our greater good. And then, you know, it's all about following his will. is isn't just for his will for our lives. It's his will for the world that we can be a part of and our kids right. get to be a part of. Yes. And this generation, which we need more people, everybody using their talents to whatever it is. Yeah. And I love that. And I love how now your book is impacting moms to do this, to be this, <laughs> These these moms that these, these girls need for these girls' future. It's not just, you know, about today and making a peaceful home, which I think so many times parenting seems to be like that. Like, how can we get through these current struggles? But no, mm-hmm. you know, God has a good plan. And when we love them well, we are we're not only helping them today, but we are helping them prepare for the future that God has for them. Right. And, and it's funny because this is obviously not the most ideal year to release a book. But <laughs> you know, I mean, I think all authors would say that, but I don't regret. Like, I think this is the perfect year for a book like this, just because we have learned that when it comes down to it, you know, our relationships are what matter most, our health and our relationships and no relationships matter more. You know, obviously our relationship with God. But after that um, is those relationships inside our homes. And we've been spending a lot of time together. And so how can we strengthen those relationships? Or even when there is tension and stress like we're facing this year, how can we help encourage each other? So, um, yeah, it's been it's been fun. And and I, I hesitated to write a book for parents because I, I didn't want anybody to think I'm some expert, which I'm definitely not. But um, and I, and I say that at the beginning that, you know, I mess up all the time. And that's why I almost didn't write the book. But I've gotten a lot of emails from moms that I think that brought them comfort. And they're like, mm. when I read about you crying on your floor in the first paragraph, I started crying because that's where I am right now. Yep. And I'm glad you didn't wait to write this book until your kids were older and you felt like you had more wisdom. And so that was a lesson for me that they don't expect us to be perfect. You know, they just appreciate, you know, when we're sharing our stories and our experiences in ways that can help them. Do you trust God? Can he be trusted? Meg Apperson, author of Sky Full of Stars, says yes. Her memoir reveals how faithful God is, how he has a purpose for our pain and suffering, and how we can trust him, even with life's smallest details. Pick up Sky Full of Stars wherever books are sold. Yeah, and I think, and you mentioned this too, 
in the book. It doesn't help us if we read a parenting book of someone who just says, these are the only ways to do things. Do it Mm -hmm. right. And your children will be perfect Christians. (laughs) That that doesn't help us. But like you said, when you're talking about I'm crying or I was scared when my daughter was strapped in the car seat in the backseat of the car as I'm racing down to meet, you know, to meet the um, paramedics. And I don't even know if she's breathing. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I can so relate to those fears. And I mean, that's what people want in our generation. <laughs> they want us to yes. be relatable. They want yeah. us to share from our hearts. They want us to share um, truth and what God has taught us and that we can connect with. That's why I love Love Her Well. It's a great book because I can connect with it instead of just someone saying, do this, this, and this, and you'll turn out well. I'm like, well, we tried and that didn't work. (laughs) And it did not work. I know. One of the most honest conversations I've ever had, and I really appreciated it. It was this woman who'd come to a speaking event and we were talking afterward and she's older than me and she has four children. And so I was like, well, what advice do you have for me? And she was like, you know what? I just hesitate to offer any because she goes, you know, our children have turned out well by the grace of God. But she was like, you know, we have some good friends. And honestly, they are much better parents than we are. And their children have all had issues. And so it's just like, I really can't say, you know, there's, it's just a lot of different things that you can't say that this is what you do and your kids will turn out great. Mm -hmm. And I just appreciated that because I've heard, you know, parents sometimes are like, this is what you do. This is how you get your kids to turn out like ours. And I'm always like, oh, you know, you never know. (laughs) I know kids kids who are great at 22 and then their life exploded at 45. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like that is no guarantee that they're set for life. Any of us. Yeah. Yes. keeps us humble for sure. That, it does. <laughs> it does. Absolutely. Um, but I love that, you know, just, just love them where they are mm-hmm. right now in the places that God has placed them, the places that God has placed us. And that's really what we can do, which I think sums up your book. Love her well. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Well, Carrie, I just appreciate you being here today. Where can people go for more information about your book? They can go, um, it's, it should be available everywhere books are sold. And of course, at all the online sites, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, christianbook.com. Um, and then they can also go to my website uh, for more just articles related to ra- raising teenagers and raising girls. And then I'm on social media, you know, Instagram and Facebook, and then also have the Girl Mom podcast that I just started as well. Yay. So is that, um, where can they, can they just find that if they go into like their podcast app and search for your name or how can they find that podcast? Yes, it's on, my husband does all the technical part, but it's on Apple and all the major platforms. So I'm just, I'm just dipping my toe into it right now, but it's oh, been awesome. fun. Well, yeah. we will put all the links in the show notes so people can just go to walkitoutpodcast.com and we'll have all those links. But Carrie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Trisha. This was a huge honor to be with you. Well, friend, I just love talking to Carrie. And if you struggle with your daughters, like me, I have seven daughters. If you struggle, then know that this is an amazing resource. And many of the books that I get and read, I read and pass on and share with other people because, you know, I got what I needed out of it and I need to pass on the encouragement. I already told my assistant, I'm like, yeah, this one is going on my keeper shelf. It is such an amazing resource, that section of things to pray over your daughter and for your daughter, that alone is worth its weight in gold. And I just love that that Carrie has put so much encouragement into a resource. And I've been a mom for many years. I've been a mom for 31 years, a mom of a daughter for 28 years. And I still need that encouragement. I still need that hope. I still need to remember 
that uh, I can do my best, but God has to do the rest. And today's walk it out verse is 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power, love, and self-discipline. Now, of course, we need this for our girls. We need them to have that spirit um, of power, love, and self-discipline. But I also need it for myself. And I love how Carrie, after writing books for young women, said, I need to help these mamas out too. And thank you. Thank you, Carrie, because us mamas need help. Um, Sometimes I don't want to have the hard conversations. I don't want to deal with this issue again with one of my kids. Being totally honest here, friends, but God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power and of love and of self-discipline. So remember showing your daughter what a strong, confident woman looks like helps her to become a strong, confident girl. And I know most of my listeners are women. So the best thing we can do is to get that power and love and self-discipline from God and show our girls what that looks like. So let me pray for us. Dear God, I'm coming from you today as a mom who's in the middle of this, who is tired and weary, who clings to this encouragement that Carrie gives, and who is keeping this book on my keeper shelf. You know that, Lord. And I know there are other parents out there who feel the same way. This is the hard stuff of life, dealing with emotions and training and guiding when we are often so weary. So first of all, Lord, I pray that you'll strengthen us. I pray that you will give us that strength and that power and love and self-discipline for ourselves. And then also that you'll give us grace. We know that you have given us so much so much grace and help us to have grace for our daughters um, and help us to model what it looks like to turn to you and not be afraid and not be timid, but to turn to you, Lord. I pray for Carrie. I pray that you'll encourage her and bless her and guide her as she continues to help these mamas and help these young women. I pray that you'll bless her and bless her girls and bless her family, Lord. And I pray for every listener out there that we will turn to you in our time of need, that we don't feel like we have to get our act together, that we don't feel like we have to do it alone, but when we're feeling weak and timid, that we can turn to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, I am so thankful for you. I am so thankful that you tune in to these conversations and really in the middle of my crazy busy day and crazy busy life, I love getting away and having these conversations, being encouraged, being inspired. So many times I'm like, okay, I need to go record a podcast. You know, we have this time scheduled and I sit in my chair feeling like I really would just like a nap. But these conversations inspire me and I hope they inspire you. Now, I would love it if you share how you have been inspired. You can send a note to hello at trishagoyer.com. That's hello at trishagoyer.com. Share what you love about the podcast. Share some of your favorite guests. You can give me tips and hints if you think, hey, Trisha, I think you should try this or do this. Or if you have a guest that you think that you would love to hear me interview, go ahead and send that to me. Again, hello at trishagoyer.com. And as always, share this with a friend. Send Carrie's episode over to a friend that really needs encouragement with her daughter right now. And let your friend know that there is hope and there's encouragement through the Walk It Out podcast. But thank you, friend, so much for tuning in. And I hope you have an amazing week. 
Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.